Thank you for tuning into the New Vision Podcast. Our prayer is that this talk builds your faith, brings clarity, and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. It's Christmas, and I love Christmas time. I really like the snacks that show up during Christmas time. Mel makes puppy chow, and she'll say it's just puppy chow, but there's something about when she makes it, it's the best puppy chow that I've ever eaten. I will eat it until I get sick. I don't know how to stop eating it once she makes it. But have you noticed how everybody kind of begins to change during Christmas? That the next door neighbor that's really grouchy and really mean, they get a little bit more kind. They wave at you now. Have you noticed how joy begins to spread from person to person? How when you smile under your mask, it makes the person next to you smile underneath their mask. I mean, even the grouchy cashier that you see at your grocery store every week, even she's now greeting people and wishing them Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays. Like, there's something that's happened to her. There's a love now that almost everyone shares. It fills our hearts. It's almost tangible during this time of year. And it's not just because of the season, but the reason for the season. His name is Jesus. Over 2,000 years ago, he was born into our world to save our world. This first Christmas story, almost all of us know it. You could probably go around the room that you're in and someone tell apart and you could piece together the first Christmas story. We know about Mary and Joseph. We know that God sent an angel to them to give them the good news that Jesus was going to be born into their family. And we know that they traveled from where they were to Bethlehem so that Jesus could be born. And when he was born, it wasn't in a palace. It was in a stable. Or if you ask my son, he'll let you know that it's where all the animals were, Dad. That's where Jesus was born. And then we'll also remember that a choir of angels showed up and sang and shouted and proclaimed the good news that the Messiah was born to shepherds on a hillside. And they were the first ones to meet the Messiah. They were the first ones out of everyone on the planet to meet Jesus. That first Christmas changed everything. God went from someone far away to someone right in front of us. He was no longer far away. He was right up front and close. He was here with us and he came for us. And as I began to think about this story and this time and begin to pray about what I could share for this year, there was one phrase that just kept coming to my mind over and over as I read through this story. And I want to share it with you today. There's one phrase that I want you to, to know this morning, and it's the title of my message today. It's Let It Be. Can I pray with you? Jesus, we ask that as we look into your word this morning, that you would make it come to life, that it would sink down into our hearts, it would become real and active, that, that you would speak to us through the words on the screen, through the words on our pages in front of us, that we would read this story today and we would hear your voice speak to each and every one of us. God, I pray that you would anoint me as I communicate your word to your people. Help me to do it clearly and effectively. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, this year 
has been a year for the books, right? We can all share our stories of what we thought this year would be like. I would imagine there are some of you that in your journal, the first quarter of this year, you had high hopes and you wrote down the dreams and the plans and the the vision maybe that God has given you for the year, the promises that you felt like were for you for 2020. In your heart in those moments as you wrote them down and as you looked at them and prayed about them at the beginning of this year where God let this happen. God, I'm in this. I will give you everything. I'll do whatever. I'll go through any trial to get to where you want me to be. I'm in this this year. But now, now we feel like those those things are almost invisible. We can hardly see the the letters that we wrote on our journal, we can hardly hear God's voice. We, we can't even imagine those dreams becoming reality that seems so far out of reach, no matter how much we work towards it, it just seems like it drifts out of touch, out of our reach, or so it would seem. And so I want to share with you a, a portion of the Christmas story this morning to remind you a few things about God. Would you turn with me to Luke chapter 1? And we're going to drop in on Gabriel and Mary's conversation, starting with verse 26. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. And Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. Now, if you're not a little bit excited, at your house or in your car right now, I would encourage you to go back and reread that passage of Scripture. What an incredible, encouraging word that Gabriel gave to Mary. And I love, I love her response because we're on the other side of what the promise was that the angel gave her. And so we're like, yeah, amen, let's go. But Mary in that moment, it says that she had the emotions that you and I would have had. She was confused and disturbed. She's trying to figure out what in the world was going on. Does this guy have the right address? I, I know maybe you, you haven't thought about that, but I know that the times that God has asked me to do things, I just figured he showed up at the wrong house. He meant, he meant to go a block over, um, but he got my door instead. But I love that Mary is real right here. Because when God shows up and he tells us things that seem way far out of reach, that seem like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just had that thought or I just had that vision, or maybe I heard God's voice. In those moments, most of us, if not all of us, are confused and disturbed. But in those moments, when God speaks and we're unsure if he's got the right person at the right time, I want to remind you the first thing is that he knows you. He knows you, even when no one else does. He sees you in the shadows, and even when you feel invisible to other people. Most people would have thought to look for 
the mother of the Savior in a holy place or in a place that at least was a capital city, someplace like Jerusalem. They would have looked for an important person there. They would have looked for the mother of the Messiah in a place like that. But that's not where God showed up. God showed up in Nazareth in a town called Galilee, on the outskirts of the kingdom, a place that most people kind of shook their head at when you mentioned. They're really kind of a fringe town. They're really close to people that aren't like us, but in an unlikely place. That's where God found Mary. He saw her in a place that no one else would have even thought to look. And so I want to tell you again that God knows you and he sees right where you are. He knows exactly what he's doing, speaking to you. He knows right where you are in this moment. He knows that you may feel hidden. You may feel insignificant. Your family, your, your work may make you feel overlooked right now. You might feel like you're lonely, like you're all alone in this pandemic, like you're all alone during this season. He knows that you may be frustrated right now. He knows right where you are, and he still has plans for you. He knows you, and he knows exactly what he has in store for you. You see, others may not see much when they look at me. But when God looks at me, he sees enough. And when I allow him to work in my life, I discover that now I have more than enough of what I'll need to do what he's asking me to do. And that truth is for each and every one of us. Others may not see much when they look at you, when they look at us. But when God looks at us, he sees enough. And when he adds himself to our equation, there's always more than enough. And I love that Gabriel reminds her right from the get-go that God was with her. Mary, you don't have to be afraid. The Lord is with you. That's what he begins to tell her. Because every step that she was going to have to take was going to be a crazy, scary step. An unwed mother? That didn't happen in Jesus' day. The scandalous Stories that people were going to begin to say, the things that the angel had said, oh, as great as they were, I would imagine there was a part of Mary that was like, how is this going to all work? And Gabriel reminded her that you don't have to be afraid because he's there with you. God is there with you. That's how this is going to get done. And I love that as God gives the assignment, he also gave her assistance. He let her know that I'm going to send you in this direction, but I'm also going to walk it out right with you. So we don't have to be afraid. If God gave it, then he'll fulfill it. It's his job to do the heavy lifting. We just have to do what he's asked us to do. And then Mary chimes in in verse 34. But how can this happen? I'm a virgin. In other words, she's like, you said a lot of things. Let me get out my questions. And I love that in this portion, we learn this other truth. That not only does God know us, that he knows you, but he knows your questions. And when Mary began to ask how, that's normally where we start. We ask how. She wasn't doubting. She wasn't saying that this couldn't be. She was just stating facts. How can this happen? I've never been with a guy before. You're telling me I'm going to have a baby 
There's some things that have to happen for the baby to show up, and that hasn't happened for me. And we get stuck sometimes with our questions. We get stuck trying to figure out how God is going to make this all work. And we have to realize that we are so limited by what we know we can't do that we forget at what God can do. And that's what we have to grapple with. We have to grab onto that because we can't continue to ask him questions like, well, how am I supposed to do that, God? I don't even have a car. How can you ask me to go there? Why would you tell me to buy this when I don't have any kids right now? How can I speak up? I don't know the words to say. I I can't put together two sentences. Why would you ask me to speak? We rattle off our list of facts and and how this can't work. and, And God, you maybe don't know this about me, but let me just give you the facts of who I am. And as we list our facts, we're trying to understand how we're going to do what he just said, but we don't have to understand it to undertake it. He knows exactly what he's calling you to, and he knows that it doesn't make sense because that's where faith kicks in. And we have to not let facts keep us from faith. So don't let questions keep you from your calling. Allow God to increase your faith, allow you to just step out and say, you know what, facts may not add up, but my faith will carry me into this next season. Here's what Mary, or here's what Gabriel says after this. Mary says, how's this happen? The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her own age, in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Gabriel responds to her questions. How is this going to happen? Here's the facts. I'm I'm a virgin. He says, all of this is going to happen with God's spirit and his power. How does what God said to you get done? How does what he said to me get done in my life? The same answer, by his spirit and his power. Not only is it that he knows you and he knows your question, but he knows no limits. Look at the last thing that Gabriel told her, that nothing is impossible with God, that the word of God will never fail. He knows no limits. I love that at this part of the conversation, Gabriel pointed to the proof of God's power. He said, Mary, your cousin Elizabeth, you know how bad she wanted kids. You know that her life was was hoping to have kids and she could never have them. That she tried and she failed and it broke her heart. You know what people used to say about her. You know they talked about her because she was barren. Well, now they're talking about her. But for a completely different reason. Because what seemed like never could happen was happening. She is pregnant. She's having a boy. God would challenge us this morning to begin to look at our own lives and look around at what he's already done that was impossible. The things that he's done in your life that was impossible for you to do and for other people to make happen, the things in my own life that were impossible for me to do, but not for him. I mean, some of you are working at a job that people told you you never should have applied for. There's some of you with stories of impossibilities, of of walking away from car crashes that never should have happened. 
surviving childhood trauma that most of us would never have wished upon our worst enemies, that sickness that the doctor said there was no hope for, there was no hope for recovery, but somehow you recovered. You were supposed to be homeless right now. You weren't supposed to be living in the home that you're in, but somehow you're still there. You graduated from school, and you were told that that was an impossible thing, that you would never be able to pay for it, but suddenly scholarships began to open up. God began to make the impossible happen because nothing is impossible with God. If he said it, you can take it to the bank. There is no word from God that doesn't have power. There is no word that comes from his mouth that doesn't have the power to do exactly what he says. The word of God will never fail. That's what he leaves Mary with. That's what he leaves us with, to know that there are no limits with God. There is nothing that he cannot do. And I love Mary's response. Verse 38, she says this. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And then the angel departed. The last part of today is that three-word phrase that Mary said that I hope that we can all begin to say more and more. She said, here I am, let it be, just like you said. Let it be, let it happen exactly the way that you said it would. And I want you to understand that nothing in this moment was favorable for Mary right now. Nothing was favorable for Jesus to show up during this time. This was a woman who wasn't married. This was going to be a scandal from the get-go. He was born to a people that were oppressed by the Roman government. They were living in a kingdom that was already established, that already had a king. There was a king that was alive when Jesus was born that was so insecure that he began to murder babies trying to kill the Messiah. There was an unlikely place that they were found with unlikely people. None of this was stacked in their favor. But Mary responded to the word of God, let it be just like you said. And if the virgin can give birth, what can't God do? Mary began to take inventory of all that God said. And I believe with all of her heart, she began to say, let it be, I'll take God's favor. Let him be with me. Let his presence ever be with me each step of the day. Let me have the Savior be my son. Let him sit on the throne of David. Let his kingdom reign forever. Mary in that moment said it might be impossible, but let it be. And as God began to do the impossible, as he began to bring his son into the world through a virgin, what can't God do? Your marriage can be fixed. Your heart can heal. You can be free from anxiety. You can have peace. Your company will make it through this time. Your dream can be a reality. You can do everything that God has spoken to you. In a year that has thrown all of us curveballs left and right, and we've been thrown for loops, we've been thrown upside down wrenches and kitchen sinks, everything has been thrown at us, but none of what has happened this year can stop what God has spoke to you. Nothing. Not the pandemic, not a shutdown, nothing can stop what God has spoke to you. 
It may not seem favorable right now, but can you say, let it be? Even if it's years from now, let it be. But God, my story seems so broken, and even in my brokenness, let it be. I wish I was more perfect right now in this moment, but God, you said this could happen, so let it be. I can't see how it's going to work. I don't understand it, God, but let it be. And I believe this morning there are some of us that one more time we need to say out loud, let it be. That God has spoken things to us that has been dormant. That we felt like this year was robbing us of what God has promised us. Of the, the dreams that God has given us. The hopes that we had. The ambition that began in this year. We've let it all fall to the wayside. And I believe this morning that God has whispered, or maybe he shouted it in your ear one more time, that I have a promise and I've made it to you and there's not a word that came from my mouth that doesn't have power. And this morning there are some of us sitting in our seats that we need to say, let it be. God, I don't have the answers, but you do. Let it be just like you said. Let it be just like I wrote it down when you gave it to me. Let it be just like I dreamt it would be. God, just let it be. Today we've been served a reminder that God knows us. Yeah, he knows our questions, but he knows no limits. And those three things that we've learned today, that we've been reminded today, that they should enable us to continually say, let it be. God, I'll trust you. I'll walk this out. I'll remember this. I'll go back to where I wrote it down. I'll remember that you're with me. So let it be. But maybe today, before you can say, let it be, you need to let him in. If there's a part of, of your life that you've been trying to change, you've been hoping to be a better person, you've, you've been hoping to do good things, you want a change, and you've tried really hard to change, but it just hasn't happened Maybe today you need to let Jesus in. That you need to let him do the work of changing you. See, the good news of the gospel is that even while we were broken and sinning and running away from God, Jesus came because he loves us. John 3.16 tells us that God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. And that if we will let him in, if we will believe in him, that he will change everything and give us everlasting life. And maybe today, that hole in your heart is because it's a spot that only Jesus can fill. And he came for you. He came to pay the price for your sins and for mine. He gladly substituted his perfect life for our life full of sin. And as he died on the cross for you and I, he rose from the dead three days later. And when he walked out of that tomb, he had the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Showing that nothing was stronger than he was. That not only did he pay the price for our sins, but he now could offer a brand new life for you and for me. And maybe that's what you need this morning. I want to pray with you guys before we're finished. I want to pray with two groups of people today. First, I want to pray for those of you who feel like today is a day that you've been reminded that God has something for you, that he's spoken a word to you, he's given you a vision, a dream, he said things to you, and today your heart is, man, God, let it be. Here I am, just let it be. 
I'm going to pray over you. And then after I pray over you, I'm going to invite those of you who need to let Jesus into your heart to repeat a prayer with me. So let's pray. God, first I pray this morning for those of us that we are saying, God, let it be. Lord, I pray that you would reignite our passion. You would reignite our calling. You would remind us of the places that you've called us to go. You would remind us of the things that you've called us to do. Lord, you would remind us who we are. And that our heart would always be, let it be. That we would say, wherever you want us to go, whatever you want us to do, we are in because you're calling us. And I pray that you would give us the courage to continue to say, let it be. When things change, when it gets hard for us to do what you've asked us to do, that our hearts would still say, let it be. And for those of you who need to let Jesus into your heart, I would ask that you would repeat this prayer after me. And you would say, Jesus, today I give you my life. Thank you for loving me so much that you died just for me. And thank you that through your death and resurrection today, I have a new life. God, give me a new way to think. Give me new hopes, new dreams. Give me the courage to follow you each and every day of my life. God, thank you for what you're doing in my heart and what you're going to do with my life. Amen. Our prayer is that this message impacted you. We would love to hear your story and have you partner with us financially as we work to spread the life-changing story of Jesus. You can do this at newvisiongrandview.com.